Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Hallelujah. Let's find Acts, the 16th chapter. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. 16th chapter, verse 19. Our Heavenly Father, we appreciate your word. We rejoice in your word. We consider it to be more than our necessary bread. We esteem it higher, dear Father God, than the bread that we eat. We thank you for your word. We appreciate the fact that we can trust our lives to its provisions. We thank you for the Spirit of God who will unveil and unfold to the Word, the Word to our spirits, that we might be doers of the Word, not hearers only. I thank you now for receptive hearts. I thank you for attentive ears and open minds as we set ourselves and channel ourselves to receive from your Word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Verse 19, Acts chapter 16, verse 19. And when her master saw that the hope of her gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, circle it, midnight, at midnight, the title of my message is Deliverance from the Midnight Hour. Hallelujah. Deliverance from the Midnight Hour. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Hallelujah. Let's stop right there just for a moment and find James chapter 5. Put a bookmarker there in Acts 16. We're going to get back to it. James chapter 5. Deliverance from the midnight hour. And let's begin reading at verse 13. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over them, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise them up. And if they have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. Pray ye one for another that you may be healed, for the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. In the Amplified Version of the Bible, in that last verse, part B, the latter part of that verse, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, it says the, heartfelt, the, the continued, or the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes 
tremendous, tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Well, notice that verse 13 again. Is any among you afflicted? I don't care who you are or what background you have. Every believer, every believer at one time or another, either you have been, you have faced a midnight hour, you are facing a midnight hour, or you will face a midnight hour in your life. See, all that word there, afflicted, means is to be tested, to be tempted, to be tried, to be in a hard place. Are you tempted right now? Are you being tested right now? Are you being tried right now? Are you in a hard place spiritually, mentally, physically, financially? Spiritually, you could be in a hard place if if maybe you backslidden. You just can't seem to find your way back to God. Or maybe you did something and, and you just can't seem to find your forgiveness. Or maybe you're like some that are born again, spirit-filled believers, but seem to have lost the joy of your salvation. And you have a dark hour, a midnight hour. Mentally, maybe you're confused. Maybe you have no peace of mind. Maybe you're, you're, you're experiencing some mental anguish right now. Maybe you're going through a state of depression. Some do. Physically, maybe you have a twofold thing. See, it could be with your body or in your body. With your body, maybe you have a weight problem. You say, I'd like to lose weight. Maybe I have a loss of the flesh I just can't seem to put under or to control. That could be a midnight hour in your life. It might be in your body, some type of sickness, some type of ailment, some type of disease. That's, you know, your midnight hour. Could be that. Financially, maybe you're ready to draw your last unemployment check. You know, maybe it's true. You're ready to draw from your last... Bless God, God's not bankrupt. Hallelujah. You can draw checks from Him any time you want. Bless God. They don't run out. Never do they run out. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Well, that could be your problem. Maybe you have some type of financial need. You know, you need uh, something financially. Maybe some of your appliances are beginning to go. You know, lay your hands on them. Keep them as long as you can. Hallelujah. Bless God. If you've got to buy a new one, then pray, pray that God will supply your need according to His riches and glory. But Christ Jesus, can you say amen? amen? Well, whatever the case might be, there's a midnight hour that comes to us all. When I talk about the midnight hour, I'm talking about a crisis of life. Everybody faces a crisis. Everybody faces a storm. There's no getting away from the storm. Every little tree that grows up got to face the storms of life. Amen? That's right. There's no getting away from it. But bless God, I believe there's something that we can do so that we can rise above them. We can rise above the storms of life. He told you right there what to do if you're afflicted. Is any among you afflicted? Let him what? Let him what? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him what? Go back to Acts 16. I want to show you something here. You're going to love it. You got your shouting clothes ready? I'm ready to explode. So you might as well just join right on in with me. Ready to dance a little jig. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I've just been footloose and fancy free. I mean, I just a shouting and a praising, worshiping God, just can't stop doing it. It's bubbling within my soul. How about you? Glory be to God. Acts 16, verse 25. And at midnight. What time? At midnight. Now, see, that was literally midnight. It was 12 o'clock, midnight, the midnight hour. But you see, that was for Paul and Silas. But we can use it figuratively speaking also. 
There could be a midnight hour in your life, like I just said. Now, they were afflicted. They were afflicted. Paul and Silas, I mean, they were beaten. Would you say they were afflicted? I'd say they were afflicted. I've not yet had my back beaten and cast into prison. You know why they got afflicted? Because they did some bad things. Cast the devil out of a woman that was going around saying that we're these are servants of the Most High God who do show unto us the way of salvation. Finally, Paul turned around and said, Come out, thou one, that, you know, spirit of divination. Command that thing to come out. And it came out. And when her master saw that their gain was gone because, you know, she couldn't tell any more fortunes, they got mad. They got upset and cast them into prison and had them whipped and bound, you know. Their feet were in stalks. And there they were, Paul and Silas, at the midnight hour. What do you do at the midnight hour, you know, that you're facing? What do you do when a, when a crisis strikes your home? What do you do, you see, when all these things are facing you and it seems like a dark place? I believe the Bible tells us exactly what to do. James says, are you afflicted? Let them what? Pray. Are you merry? Let them sing songs. Don't forget that now. I want you to see something. Look at verse 26. And at mid- 25 first again. And at midnight, Paul and Silas, what? Prayed and did what? Sang praises unto God and the prisoners. I like to say it right now. Don't complain to your neighbor. Sing praises unto God. Hallelujah. Don't complain to somebody that you know. Sing praises unto God. When? At the what hour? Glory be to God. Don't complain to somebody. Sing praises unto your God. Pray first and sing praises unto your God. Now look what it says, verse 26. And suddenly... There was an earth, great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. You could get so full of God by praying. I'll tell you what, I want to know what kind of prayer they prayed. Some of you said, I've been praying for days and didn't get anything. It says over here, when they prayed like they did, they got sudden action. They got sudden action, didn't they? I said, didn't they? It says right there, when they prayed and sang praises unto God, suddenly. I believe that there's a type of praying, there's a type of prayer that can get sudden action. When I need deliverance from pain, I don't want it next week, I want it suddenly. Can you say amen? When I'm facing a midnight hour of crisis in my life, I want immediate action from God, don't you? Well, I want to find out what these fellows did. I'm going to focus my attention on, on their type of praying and praising, don't you? I mean, that James, what, what did he say over there? He said the effectual, earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Look at that dynamic power. The earth began to quake. The foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open. And not only was Paul and Silas delivered, bless God, but everybody that was around them got delivered too. All their bands were loosed. Glory be to God. Do you see it? You can get to a place of, bless God, you just not only get your need met, but you'll get somebody else delivered too. Somebody else will get set free too. Well, that's exactly what James said to do. James says, any among you afflicted, well, let them do what? Pray. They found out how to pray so that they could be married. Did you know that? They prayed a certain type of prayer that made them merry. How do you know they were merry? They sang songs. They sang praises unto God. Didn't they say that? Didn't James say, any among you merry, let him what? 
So when they were afflicted, they prayed. But the type of prayer they prayed made them merry because they sang praises unto God. I want to know what kind of prayer they prayed, don't you? You ready to find out? You got your shouting clothes ready? We're going to find out tonight what type of prayer they prayed and what type of song they sang and how to get that dynamic power working in your life and my life. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Well, see here? The jailer was... I mean, it was dark. The jailer even called for a light. He sprung in said, give me a light. Paul said, do thyself no harm. We're all here. They're all loose. They're all set free. You won't have to do any witnessing when you find out how to get this kind of power working because he came right in and said, what must I do to be saved? He recognized that power was all over him, didn't he? He heard them singing and praising God, didn't he? And bless God, he came and says, how can I get saved? I want some of that what you got. Be easy to witness when you got that kind of power all over you. Amen. They'll want what you have. If somebody doesn't want what you have, then you're not walking in the light of what Jesus has done for you. But when you're walking in the light of His power and glory, somebody wants what you've got. That's right. Somebody wants what you've got. You've got power with God. You've got, you know, favor with God. Dynamic power in its working. Well, let's see something else. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. Now, Paul was the one that was in that jailhouse. But I want you to know that Paul didn't always know how to do that. Paul learned how to do that. Did you know that? Chapter 4, Philippians. They did two things. They prayed and they sang praises. Look at verse 6. <clears throat> Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Notice prayer. They prayed with supplication and what? And they gave praises. They, they sang praises, didn't they? With prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding, so keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Then he goes on to talk about what to think on. Look at verse 9. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state. I have learned that in whatsoever state I am in therewith to be independent of circumstances, more literally translated. In other words, he's saying here, therewith to be content, or therewith to be independent of the circumstance. But he learned this. Paul learned. He didn't do that all the time. He learned how to do this. He learned how to pray the prayer of faith, couple it with a prayer of worship and thanksgiving, and let the peace of God come all over him and cause him to be independent of any circumstance he came up against. And when he got into that jailhouse, bless God, he knew exactly what to do at the midnight hour. He knew what to do. I believe that's what's wrong with the believer today. It's not that they don't have the faith to get delivered. They've got the faith. They just don't know how to use their faith to get delivered. Bless God, let's learn how to use our faith in a, in a way, positive way, so that at the midnight hour, we can have tremendous power, dynamic in its working, available unto us. There's more than just praying to the Christian walk. There's praising. There's accurate praying and there's accurate praising that will cause the glory and the power of God to be made in manifestation in your time of crisis. To deliver you, to set you free. 
Hallelujah. And we're going to learn how to do that. But see here, it says, I have learned in what state I'm in, therewith to be independent of the circumstance. Now, let's, I've got a good news, really a, a good scripture, some good news for you. You may not have been bound up like, like Paul and Silas, but maybe one of your problems is what I just said here tonight. You know, spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, whatever the crisis might be, whatever the thing might be that's, you know, your midnight hour, that's your darkness that you're confronted with. But I've got a scripture that I believe the Spirit of God is emphasizing to the body of Christ right now in this latter day, in this great outpouring and move. And it's called, found in Mark 9.23. Don't turn to it. I'll just quote it because you know it. Mark 9.23 says, All things are possible to him that what? To him that what? See, some people let the devil deceive them into thinking that their midnight hour was impossible to get delivered from. That weight problem. You, th- you think it's impossible. You say, I've, try- I've tried, I've tried, but it's, impo- it's not impossible. You eradicate that right out of your thinking. And you start to realize this. All things are possible to him that not doubteth, but believeth. You hear me? You may say, well, I know I've got my last paycheck coming. I don't know what I'm going to do. But bless God, I want you to know something. I don't care if God's got to send you unemployment checks on the wings of an angel. Glory be to God. All things are possible unto him that believeth it. Did you hear me? If you believe it. That fella that Jesus said that to was in a dark hour. His boy was being tormented by the devil. He was possessed of a devil. He was having epileptic fits. Trying to throw him into the, into the water to drown him. Trying to throw him into the fire to burn him. And the fellow says up, comes up to Jesus and he says, If thou canst... He went to his disciples. They couldn't do anything. Come up to Jesus and said, If thou canst do anything, have compassion on us. Have mercy on us. And do something. God don't want to hear that. Did you know that? He said, It's not if I can do anything. It's not if I will do anything. Jesus said, If thou canst believe us, all things are possible unto him that believeth. And I'll tell you what. This fellow said, Lord, help... I believe. Lord, help thou mine unbelief. In other words, I could paraphrase that. I believe with what all I know to believe. Help me in the area that I don't know what to believe. Help my unbelief. That's what he's saying. And Jesus, you know, cast the devil out of his son and he was made whole. But I want you to see something here. That God wants us to believe. Don't be a doubting Thomas. God wants us to believe that no matter what my crisis might be, no matter what my midnight hour might be, all things are possible if I believe it. If I believe it. Say it. All things are possible to me. If I believe it. I'm a believer, not a doubter. Glory be to God. See? Don't let the devil rob you of your belief and faith. It's possible unto you at your midnight hour. Okay, let's go on here. Now, let's go to 2 Chronicles. Well, find that and find... You're close by. Find 1 Peter first, then find 2 Chronicles. 1 Peter. All things are possible unto him that believeth what? That's a good question, isn't it? Isn't it? All things are possible unto him that believeth what? Well, I've got a good scripture for you in 1 Peter. 1 Peter 1.8 All things are possible unto him that believeth what? 
Let's take a look at this scripture first of all in 1 Peter 1.8. Whom having not seen, you love. In whom, though now you see him not, yet believing. Yet what? You rejoice with Joy unspeakable and full of glory. See, at the crisis hour of your life, when it seems like everything is dark and it seems like it's impossible for God to do this, that's when it's time that we do more than just believe that we're saved. That's talking about believing on Jesus as being saved. There's a time that we believe without seeing. How do we believe? With a joy unspeakable and full of glory. I believe that what Jesus did for me, I believe that what the Father says that Jesus wrought for me, I believe in all that the Word says that Jesus has done for me is so, with a joy unspeakable and full of glory. All things are possible unto him that believeth with a joy unspeakable and full of glory that what God said he did for us through Jesus is so. And even when you face the midnight hour, you can't do anything but shout, dance the jig, jump up and down and holler that bless God, it's working. Bless God, I'm delivered. Himself took my infirmities, bore my sicknesses. My body will not rule me. Food will not rule me. I've got a joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah, I control my body. I'll not be overweight. You see it? There's got to be a joy in your faith. There's got to be a, a song in your heart. There's got to be a rejoicing over what the, you know, God has done for you at the midnight hour. And I guarantee you, you'll have tremendous power available. Dynamic. I'll show it to you back in Second Chronicles, chapter twenty. What am I to believe? Well, let's look at verse twenty first and find out what we're to believe. Here we have another midnight hour crisis. And they rose. Look at verse twenty. And they rose early in the morning. And went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Don't forget this. Underline this. Put it in your notes. Believe ye. Believe in the Lord your God. So shall ye be established. Believe his prophets. And so shall you prosper. Second Chronicles 20, 20. Latter part. Believe. What am I to believe? Believe in the Lord your God. So shall you be established. It's important, beloved, that you be established in the faith. Did you know that? Believe in the prophets, his prophets. And so shall you what? You know, that's why some people are not prospering today. They don't believe in the Lord. They don't believe in his prophets. I believe in the today's prophets. I believe in the ministry of the prophet. 
I believe that when Brother Hagin prophesied and said that the Spirit of God is moving upon the face of the earth and the latter outpouring of the Spirit of God in a wave moving upon the face of the earth, that it's time to take heed unto that which is being spoken by the prophets. Hallelujah. I believe that. And you'll prosper. Glory be to God. Do you see it? What was that in response to? Go back to verse 6. Well, here we find out that three armies came. The army of uh, Moab, the army of Ammon, and Mount Seir. They came against Jehoshaphat and Judah to wipe them off the face of the earth. To destroy them off the face of the earth. It was a crisis hour. A midnight hour. I want you to see that you've got three armies coming to attack you, to destroy you off the face of the earth. Je- Jehoshaphat, he's like the, the, the minister, the pastor. Judah, they're the congregation. The scene is in the borough of Midland. Hallelujah. We got Beaver, East Liverpool, and Chippewa. All the people got together and said that we're going to wipe Midland off the face of the earth. We're going to get, go get that young whippersnapper down there. We're going to get them, them maniacs that believe this faith walk. And we're going to snuff them out off the face of the earth. They get their artillery all set up. Their guns. Their ammunition. Their helicopters. The Marines. The Air Force. The Navy to come up the river behind us? Glory. So what do they do down there in Midland? Verse 3. And Brother Bill feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim the fast throughout all Midland. And the people of Midland gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, of Midland, they came to seek the Lord. And Brother Bill stood in the congregation of Judah and, and said, look at this in verse 6, said, O Lord God of our fathers, he began to do what? Pray. Paul and Silas did what? Prayed and then did what? And what did Jehoshaphat do? He began to what? He prayed. See, he prayed. It's very important to understand what he's praying. He said unto the Lord, our God of our fathers, you're God in the heaven. You rule over all the kingdoms of the heathen. And in thine hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God who did drive us out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gave it unto the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein and have built a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If evil, when evil cometh upon us as a sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house. cry unto thee in our what? In our what? Is any among you afflicted? Anybody here admit an afflicted? See? Let him what? Then thou will hear and help. And now behold the children of Beaver and East Liverpool and of Chippewa So you didn't let us destroy and invade. They came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned 
from them and destroy them. Behold, I say how they reward us to come to cast us out of your possession. Your possession. You know we are his possession? Hallelujah. Your possession, which you have given us to inherit. Oh, our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And all, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones. Everybody in Midland, with all the children and all the people that came out of this assembly, with their children and their wives, stood before God and said, Oh, dear Lord, we put our eyes upon you. And bless God. Then came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah. Actually, we could say it like this. Then came upon, you know, Tony. See, Brother Tony over here. The son of Brother Joe back there. Let's go. Spirit of God came upon him and he began to prophesy. Sons of Asaph came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. Glory be to God. Aren't we having church? Didn't we gather together? Spirit of God upon you, brother. Glory be to God. He began to prophesy, and here's what he said. Hearken, ye Midland, and ye inhabitants of, of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you. Glory be to God. That's what he said. Be not afraid nor dismayed. First thing that God says is don't be afraid nor dismayed. Don't be afraid of your hour of crisis. Don't be dismayed because of, of the thing the devil put in your face, because of the affliction that's come your way. Don't be afraid and don't be dismayed. You know, God doesn't just tell you not to be dismayed, not to be afraid. In Isaiah 41, 10, he said, Be not, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. Didn't he say that? In Isaiah 43, he said, Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by my name, and thou art mine. That's why you need not fear. Didn't he say that? Did he say that? Well, now look at over here. Why did he say not to fear over here? Well, let's, let's see what it said. Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. Here's why. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Whoo! That'll get you to shaking right there. That'll get you to shouting and jumping. It's not my battle. Then he gives you information. See, tells you exactly what to do. I like the Spirit of God when he speaks unto us. Over here it says, Go ye down against them. Behold, they come up with the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Hallelujah. That's a good battle. Blessed be God. That's a good battle. A battle you don't need to fight in. Set yourselves. Stand ye still. Let me stop over here just to insert something for a minute. You know that there is what we call individual faith and corporate faith. I'm speaking to you primarily as an individual. But this gives reference to a whole congregation and its pastor. It's king and the congregation of Judah. Israel was divided, you know, in Judah. Jehoshaphat's the king of Judah. Here, they're coming against Judah and Jehoshaphat. And the affliction's coming to destroy them, to destroy them off the face of the earth. But I want you to see something here. It's the responsibility of all the congregation to stand still and know that he's God. I want to say something that you need to know. Corporate faith, corporate anointing, corporate unbelief will override individual faith, individual anointing. An individual unbelief. Did you know that? I'll prove it to you. In the book of, uh, of Numbers, when 
the ten spies went out to spy out the land of Canaan. And ten of them came back with an evil report, a report of unbelief. Two of them came back in strong faith. You know, you, Joshua and Caleb, they came back with strong faith and said, we'd be able to take the land. Moses could not steal the people. Moses was the pastor. He couldn't steal the people. He couldn't get... Jo- Joshua and Caleb couldn't get them to believe like they believed. They said, man, they held up their Bibles. They said, man, they come out us with a sword, but we're coming out with the name of the Lord of hosts and the word of the living God. And the God that's on our side is well able to put us over and we could take the giants of the land. And the others came with a report of unbelief. And even though Joshua and Caleb had powerful individual faith, they could not override the corporate unbelief of the congregation. I want you to know that the devil has dared to, to try to stop us in our work tried to prolong the work of our building, has tried to come against us, has tried to cause this delay, has tried to cause that delay, has tried to cause all kind of things, you know, red tape and all that stuff. But I want you to know something, beloved. He's told me to tell you as a corporate body, as uh, with corporate faith, with corporate anointing, that we don't have to pray anymore, bless God. All we got to do is shout, be still, know the battle's not ours, it's the Lord's, and the victory is ours, and praise Him in the beauty of His holiness and our corporate faith will override all the power of the enemy. Glory be to God. That's what He said to do. Yeah, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You see, Joshua couldn't get them into the promised land and he suffered in the wilderness for 40 years. Now, he lived above what they lived. They died. He lived. But he was delayed 40 years. Caleb was delayed 40 years. Why? Corporate unbelief. I like to say it like this. Individual faith will take you to a high place in God. You can enter into a great life, a powerful life, as an individual. Now, for some of the people that think they shouldn't assemble themselves with a church, with a local church like this assembly right here, hear what I'm saying. But... Corporate faith, corporate anointing, when the whole body joins together and bands themselves together, as they did right here, with corporate faith, with corporate anointing, we could cause a manifestation of the power of God. We can create a place in God that would cause us to marvel at the manifestation of the glory and power that's available unto us as a corporate body that an individual will never attain in his whole entire life. When a whole assembly like like this assembly right here joins together in corporate... And he told me to say it like this. Tell everybody, I want every individual to walk in faith. Speak words of faith. Say that the building is built. Say, bless God, that it's paid for. Say that the glory of God rests upon the ground. Say that the power of God's all over the place. Hallelujah. And people are being delivered. And don't murmur, you see, about what's going on. And don't say, well, when are we going to get into that building? Forget it, forget it, forget it. Bless God, we're in the building right now. It's the same spiritual house right here. Can you say amen to that? You see what I'm saying? Forget it. Devil, hear me. Forget it. We're already in it. I said, we're already in it. And the glory of God's here. And the power of God's here right now. Hallelujah. Blessed be God. And we're shouting our way right on through. Can you say amen? See, 
See? Corporate faith. Corporate anointing. Corporate power. Corporate manifestation of the power of God. Hallelujah. So, you see, although Joshua and Caleb had great faith, one man's not going to do it in an assembly. There are some things for individual faith, but I mean, in corporate faith, it takes everybody to believe. That's why we've got to have a nucleus, you see, of faith people. A nucleus of faith people. So speak the word. Speak it. Continue to speak it. Don't be like these murmurers and complainers. As far as I'm concerned, we're in it. I got to do it. Let's stand up and shout that we're in it right now. Stand up and shout we're in it. Can you say amen? Let's praise him that we're in it right now. Oh, glory. We're in it, Father. Hallelujah. Glory, we're in it. We're in the wave. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, if you can, you can be seated. Hallelujah. Well, ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Verse 17. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. With you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, he repeats himself, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Wait, nothing's changed yet. Nothing's changed yet, has it? The army's still coming. And the Levites and the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a little voice. Huh? With a what? With a loud voice on high. Nothing happened yet. They was all trembling. Chippewa, East Liverpool, Beaver was all coming out against Midland. And everybody was fearful, been dismayed. Brother Tony got in the prayer, sought the Lord, the son of Brother Joe. Spirit of God came upon him, he prophesied and said, Fear thou not, the battle is not yours, but the Lord's be still. And they went spastic. They began to do what? They prayed and did what? Sang praises. I mean, they, when you get these Jews singing praises, look out. Brother Hagin said one time he was over there in Israel and he said he was, you know, just talking and, and watching, observing what was going on over there in the city and all of a sudden he walked. He talked to this one fella, you know, and evidently it must have been the hour of prayer or something. I don't know what it was. He said, but he says, all of a sudden, I'm just talking to this guy. All of a sudden he starts dancing a jig. He said, I stood back and I'm watching and all the others started joining in and they're dancing the jig, dan- just going all around. I mean, just da- danced it like they do. He said, I could have danced the same dance. He says, I-, I did dance that same dance. He says, As a matter of fact, when the Spirit of God came on me, David danced the same dance. And, and someone said, he said to someone, what, da- what are they doing? He said, they're dancing the dance that, that David danced before the Lord when they brought the Ark of the Covenant back home to Israel. That's the dance that David danced. But then he said, Spirit of God was right there all over him. It was all over me too. I said, they knew what to do in the presence of God. They began to dance in the presence of the Lord. I mean, under the anointing of God. Bless God. The power of God came down. He says, I could have stood right there and just joined right on it. It was the Spirit of the living God. They know what to do. They know how to worship God. Let's put it that way. See, they knew how to worship God. 
how to praise God. Well, let's go on here. Here we see then, then they begin to praise God. They rose up, verse 20, early in the morning and went forth to the wilderness of Tekoa. And, and as they went forth, Hosaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and so shall you be established. See, we need to be established. And then he went on to say, Believe as prophets. In other words, that which the fellow just prophesied. What did he just prophesy? He said, Be still, know that I am God. Fear not, be not dismayed. The battle is not yours, but the Lord's. Believe, his pro- believe what he said. Believe what the prophets prophesied. Believe what he said. Believe God and believe what the prophet prophesied and said and see the deliverance of your God. And then this is what happened. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers. Mark, Debbie, amen, some of the other singers. He appointed them and said, here's what, what I want you to do. See? Go on down here by Beaver Creek. Let's read it and see. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that they should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing into praise, sing into praise, the Lord sent ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, and when they come, uh, were come, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir utterly to slay and to destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, uh, everyone helped to destroy another. And when Judah came toward the, uh, the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them an abundance, uh, both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, uh, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. Now, I want you to see this. They appointed singers and praisers to go right into the midst of the battle and begin to sing and praise that the Lord's mercy that the Lord is good and His mercy endureth forever. It doesn't make any sense when you're in the hour, uh, the midnight hour of crisis in your life to start singing praises unto God. But here we saw that that's exactly what Paul and Silas did. They prayed and sang praises. They prayed a prayer that got them merry in the midst of a circumstance. Here we see that Judah, Jehoshaphat, they prayed... And the prayer that they prayed caused the Spirit of God to move and they became merry and began to shout, see, sing praises. And all they did was continue to sing praises until the manifestation of what they wanted came into being. It's not up to us to bring the manifestation. It's us to, up to us to sing the praises. Do you see it? It's up to us to pray first Get direction and sing the praises that he inhabits. What did James say? The effectual, fervent prayer, the heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic. Where is this dynamic power coming from? I'll show you exactly where. Psalm 22, verse 3. Psalm 22, verse 3. Psalm 22, verse 3. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the what? 
The what? Well, that's misleading. That word is one of the seven Hebrew words for praise. It is the word Tylah. Tylah. T-E-H-I-L-L-A-H. He inhabits the Tylah. See, we could be misled if we don't study. That word is meaningful. If you are in a crisis hour, if you know somebody in a crisis hour, you note this. You take this down. You get this message to them as fast as you can. Bless God, it'll get them delivered and set free. Tyla. It means the singing of Hallel. The singing of H-A-L-A-L. Hallel. The singing of Hallel. It's where we get the word Hallelujah. The singing of Hallel. It means to sing halal. Now, halal, it, it, it means to boast or to rave about the glory of God. To boast or to rave about the glory of God. It's not translated praise, but it describes praise. See, it's descriptive of praise. It's not translated, and they praised. No, it's not like that. It describes praise. The book of Psalms, there are, there's a division in the book of Psalms. Threefold division of the Hallelujah Psalms. The Psalms of Hallel. Any among you afflicted, let him. Any merry, let him sing. The prayer that they prayed got them merry and they sang. Psalms, praises, the singing of Hallel. In this threefold division... In the first division, we have Psalm 104, 105, 106. And Psalm 104 describes the creative ability of God. Psalm 105 describes the faithfulness of God. And Psalm 106 describes the endless mercy of God. So here we've got one division of Hallel. See, Tidla is the singing of Hallel. The singing of that which describes his creative ability. See, sometimes we get caught up in these new modernistic songs. Rock and roll Christianity. And oh, they are songs. When these people sang songs, they sang songs, and these songs were descriptive of the creative power and ability of God, the faithfulness of God, the mercy of God, and when they sang those songs, God lived in those praises. What do you think blew open that jailhouse? The very presence of the glory of God that he inhabited the praises of. And in the next division, Psalm 111 through 113, it's called the Egyptian Halal. And see, they sang about their deliverance out of the Egyptian bondage. And in those psalms, that's what it talks about. And they sang about how God delivered them out of Egypt. And then in the third division, we have what is called the Great Halal. The Great Halal. Psalm 115, 16, 17, right on through 118. 115 through 118, we call that the Great. And in those psalms, you have... A total deliverance from death, a total deliverance from darkness, an absolute deliverance from the hand of the enemy, and they sang psalm, this great halal, the singing of halal. 
God doesn't inhabit the other praises. He inhabits the praises of Tylah, which is the singing of Hallel. Now, are you ready for this golden nugget? This will just thrill your heart. Psalm 114 was left out because that was when they were eating. You don't talk when you eat. You don't sing when you eat. You eat. Not polite to eat with your mouth. You didn't talk with your mouth full, right? Not polite to sing with your mouth full. So they didn't talk. They thought that 114th Psalm. But after they ate, see, then, then right there at, at the end of the meal, they, they sang about this great deliverance. It's more or less like the supper. They had the supper. Then after the supper, they talked about this great total deliverance that they had. Now, you ready for it? After Jesus went to eat the Last Supper with his disciples, he was really enacting these hallelujah songs. See, in his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, they began to sing praises unto God, unto him, calling him the Messiah, about his creative ability, his faithfulness to come, the mercy that he showed upon the people. Didn't Jesus show all that stuff? Power, glory, faithfulness, and mercy to all the people. Then they didn't do much singing, you see, over there. But they talked about the Egyptian deliverance at the, at the supper, at the, uh, the, the, day of, um, the last supper. When they had the supper, the Jews at that time, you know, when they partook of that bread, they, before that they, they talked about their great deliverance out of Egypt. And I'm sure that Jesus, when they sat around the table, the disciples probably talked about some of that stuff. But then they got real quiet during the, act, the actual supper time. But after the supper, do you remember that Jesus and his disciples, on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane, they sang a hymn? Remember that? You know what that was? That was his great Hallel. That was his great Hallel. You know what they were singing? They were singing the absolute, total deliverance from the dominion of death, hell, and the grave. When Jesus led them out to Gethsemane, they sang a hymn. A hymn is a psalm without any musical accompaniment. They sang a hymn of absolute, total deliverance from the powers of the devil. That's what they were singing. It was symbolic of the fact that Jesus, in his death, burial, and resurrection, was going to deliver his people from all the powers of darkness. Hallelujah. See, that's what Tylai is. It's when you know it so well inside your heart that you have been delivered from that thing in your body. You have been delivered from that sin, from that well, you need forgiveness, from that feeling, from uh, the financial thing. God supplies your need. Whatever the case might be, you know it. See, you've got to get that. Tylai is not out of the head. It's not out of just the mouth. Tylai is out of the spirit. I'm going to give you something to write down. Tylah is the expression, the expression, I got it written here for you, of praise from your spirit. Tylah is the expression of praise from your spirit, not your head, from your spirit, of that which has become light in your spirit. It's the expression of praise from your spirit of that which has become light in your spirit disregarding physical or mental 
your physical or mental faculties. Tailal is the expression of praise out of your spirit of that which has become light in your spirit. Disregarding your mental or physical faculties. Then God inhabits those praises and that's where we get the tremendous power that's dynamic in its working. That's what Tylai is. You know so well. So you see, there's work to be done first. You've got to be established first and then you'll prosper. Believe in what the Lord has done for you Believe that with his stripes you were healed in your heart till it becomes light in your spirit and then express it through Tai Lao even in the midst of calamity, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the sickness, symptoms. You've got to know that God receives you back in a fellowship and forgives your sin even in the midst of your feelings. I know 1 John 1, 9 so well it's caused me to shout. You see what I'm saying? Express it out of your spirit in Tyla. God will inhabit that praise. He'll dwell in it. He'll actually live in it. One fella, to give you a quick example, one fella who turned his back on the Lord, he was called a priest, but turned his back on the Lord and began to backslide back into his old life of drinking and cussing and cursing and, and, and etc. and smoking and everything else, and he just turned his back on the Lord, never went to church anymore. Well, finally, one day he had conviction, came back to the church, and he came up to the altar. And he said, I, I believe in 1 John 1, 9. Father, I ask you to forgive me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe I've received my forgiveness. I thank you for welcoming me back into the fellowship of your son. Walked over back to the, to, to the uh, pew and sat down. And someone said, one of the deacons said, did you get anything? Do you feel anything? And the fellow said, no, I don't feel any different than when I went up there. He said, well, then you, didn't get, you didn't get anything. You didn't get, God didn't get to receive you back. You didn't get anything. He said, yes, I did because the word said so. So this went on for about 10 days. The deacon kept saying, did you get anything? you feel any different? said, no, I don't feel any different. But he'd get up and start praising God in the midst of all the congregation. Praise you, Father God, for welcoming me back into your family. I'm back in the family. And the, and the deacon board, everybody in the church tried to talk him out of being forgiven from God. They, can you imagine that? Because he didn't feel any different. He said, well, if you got welcomed back into the family, you should feel better. You should feel like a Christian. You should feel the glory of God. You should feel... He said, I don't feel anything. I feel like I did before I went up there, but I know that the Word of God is true. He kept praising God every service for ten days. I mean, praising God in front of all the congregation. Didn't, didn't feel any change, but praised God like they did over here. Finally, one day he went out to, to work that one day. About two weeks had gone by. He's out there working with, you know, with the gang. The boss sends him and another fellow go out and pick up some heavy equipment. The one fellow bends over to pick it up, and this here fellow that, that gave his heart back to the Lord, he bends over to pick up his side. And just before he picked up his side, he said, he let out a hallelujah shout that was so loud that the other fellow just jumped about three feet in the air and said, what happened? Didn't know what happened to him. He didn't, he didn't know what was going on. I mean, just scared him. Just jumped up and said, don't you ever do that. What's the matter with you? He said, I want you to know that 14 days ago, I gave my heart back to the Lord. And when I bent over over there to pick up that thing, the glory of God came down, hit me on top of my head, went through my soul and through my body into my spirit. And I just had to let out a hallelujah. I just couldn't do it. The rocks would cry out if I didn't do it. I had to shout and praise God. He felt something then. But when did he get it? At the altar. He went back to church and told them all about it. You know what the deacon board said? Now you got it. He said, dear God, I got it when I was at the altar, not now. Do you see it? 
you got to praise through the crisis. you got to worship. The Bible says in a hundred song, we sang it tonight. That's what I was talking about when Brother was leading that song. It said, let us come to his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with what? No, it's Ty Law. Did you know that? That's not praise in, in, in just that word. It's the word Tyler. See, that's why people miss it. When you come to the presence of God, come singing halal. What do you mean, come singing halal? God and praise is halal. Thank you for your creative ability. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your... You want to see some of it? Go to the 116th Psalm. That's one of those psalms about total deliverance. Are you ready to shout? You got your shouting clothes? Brother, how much time we got? Let's turn there fast. Glory be to God. You ready for this? Psalm 115 through 118 is the psalm of total deliverance. You and I have been totally delivered, right? Haven't we been totally delivered? Okay. And he begins to talk about, look at verse 1 of Psalm 115 first. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory, for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Wherefore shall the heathen say, Where is now their God? But our God is in heaven. He hath done, he hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. And he goes on to talk about this deliverance. Look at Psalm 116, verse 1. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice. Hey, brother, let's make a song out of that. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice. Let's forget this rock and roll Christian business. Let's talk about these songs right here. You know, the devil try to get you off the track. God don't inhabit those kind of praises. Those kind of praises, you see, those are not the right words. God inhabits the Word. Isn't that right? The Word. This is the Word. I love thee, O Lord. You got a crisis in your life? You're not going to turn on some, like I said, some Christian rock and roll. You're going to turn on a psalm out of your heart that says, I love the Lord. Look what it says. Because you heard my voice and my supplication. Because you incline your ear unto me. Therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death compass me about. See, that's affliction, friend. And the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I call upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord. And righteous, yea, our, our God is merciful. The, no, see, it's his mercy. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul. For the Lord hath dealt bountifully with me. For the Lord hath delivered my soul from death. Mine eyes from tears and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed. I what? All things are possible unto him that what? Believeth with a joy unspeakable and full of glory. Therefore have I what? Spoken. I was greatly what? Afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Hallelujah! All men are liars. I don't care if they say I can't be delivered. I don't care if they say this is incurable. I don't care if they say your, your last payroll check or your last unemployment check is coming. All men are liars. Hallelujah! I call upon the Lord my God. He delivered me. He set me on high. It's it, it, 118. 118 verse 18. Look at it. No, 118 verse 17. Bless God, hallelujah. They said it's incurable. They said you ought to die. They said you can't possibly live. I turned to the book of, of, of uh, Psalms here. I turned to the great hollow. I began to sing. You ready to sing a song like this, singers? I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Let's say it together. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Say it again. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. They said it was incurable. They said it can't be healed. They said your child's going to die. They said that you, there's no way you could win. What are you going to say? I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Let's say Stand up and do it together. 
Hallelujah. What are you going to say? I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.